me, it's me, it's the R-O-double-B, mobbing once again with the coolest dude in the room, right here on Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope, that's right, I am the D-S-H, I'm Lee Walker, and I am joined, former WWE writer, Rob Hockman, how you doing today, Rob? I am peachy, it is finally no longer raining here in Florida after three straight weeks. So I am dry and I am ready to go. You know, speaking of somebody who uh, wasn't dry, Oops. we'll jump right into it. No uh, pun intended there. Sorry, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jimmy Uso blows a point. Was it a point? Two, zero, oh, five. Yes. No pun intended once again. You know, I mean, we knew 205 Live wasn't doing well, but as a BAC... You're not doing the show any favors there. No, definitely not. Uh, you know, and I, I did a lot of things in my time with a lot of people, um, as Jeff Jarrett likes to call them, the BS days before sobriety. And uh, 205, whew, I don't think the lights were on when he did that. Um, here in New York, we have a law. It's called aggravated DWI. It's if you blow anything above a 0.18, um, the lowest on your first offense of that is a DWI. You don't get any lower for that. Uh, the second offense that aggravated DWI stays. And if you get a third one, you're straight up going to jail. Uh, same with if you get regular, you know, a bunch of regular DWIs, uh, they drop your first one to a DWAI. But then after that, they stick to just DWI, and then there's there's jail time and all that type of stuff involved. But uh, Rob, before we get into Jimmy Uso and his arrest, we're gonna take a quick break from our sponsor. DWITom.com. DWITom.com is the only place you can find Tom and Elliot and all of these changes that I'm excited to bring. Go to DWITom.com to see why we are New York State's first choice for DWI defense. Well, you know, speaking of SmackDown and Jimmy's DUI, you're a former WWE writer and you catch on to a lot of things that the average fan might not catch on to. Now, there was a couple of segments. Uh, on SmackDown, in which we saw Roman Reigns, Jay, and Jimmy. Uh, I'll let you describe the segment and describe how you saw it. Sure. Um, and, and this goes back to, to some of the hidden gems we always used to try and do um, back in the day. But obviously, the, the Jimmy DUI, is, is we've just talked about it. Uh, but to open SmackDown, we saw Roman, Jimmy, and Jay all together in the locker room and Roman after the two of them were pleading their case and pleading their case. He finally hugs them and he embraces the Uso Samoan family. And he actually says we are family and we will handle all of our business together as a family, which was symbolic for we as a WWE family will handle the problems that one of us may have together as a family. And we will not let our one of our family members just off to the wild, which was why we saw Jimmy on SmackDown Friday night. However, as we fast forward the SmackDown tape, if you DVR'd it, you then get to the ending of SmackDown where Edge is in there putting the, the hurt onto Jimmy and he's got him in what I want to call the, a, a, an abbreviated version of the STF with the little the metal bar from the, the, the chair. And you're watching him choke out Jimmy. And Jimmy is suffering and he's reaching for, for his family and he's reaching for help and he needs that help. And Roman thinks about going to the ring, then doesn't, then thinks again like a parent would for a child. But he realizes that Jimmy while we're all behind you and we all will do this together, you're going to have to fight this battle this week on your own. And that 
once again, another little hidden gem that, yeah, he is unfortunately going to have to go through this, uh, the, the actual charges and the ramifications of, of his, his behavior uh, by himself. No one can help him through it, but as a family, they will all rally around him and behind him. And, um, you know, that was just one of the hidden uh, wink winks, if you will, to, uh, to the boys. We always, when we did certain stories, we always would do it to pop the boys. Um, this obviously not, I'm not saying the DUI was to pop the boys, but it was a little symbolic. I got you. Um, and, and that why some may said, why was he on TV Friday? That was why. Yeah. And, um, you know, who was questioning that was former WCW wrestler, former WWE wrestler, former WWE trainer, Bill DeMott. Mm. Uh, for those who don't know, um, anything involving DUI is a touchy subject, that touchy subject to, to Bill DeMott because he lost his daughter in a drunk driving accident. She wasn't the one intoxicated, but uh, he lost his daughter. So he was very upset to see Jimmy Uso on TV on Friday and your reasoning is a good way to explain why he was on. Well, I can tell you that that is why he was on um, is to basically put forth that we will, we will, we will stand behind you as family. Um, And, and if he wants to get help, Vince and the WWE have never been shy about getting those who want the help, the help that they need. So hopefully he takes advantage of it. Yeah. Because they do that, that sponsored uh, rehab where they'll pay for you to go. Yeah. I think Sonny's gone through it eight times. <laughs> I mean, they, they've, they've done it for, for a lot of superstars and, uh, and, and things like that. And it, it, Hey, Maybe he's got some underlying issues that we as fans don't know about that uh, go far beyond addressing them to us where he needs to address them amongst his family and And inside and inside. Yeah. So anyway, we know this isn't his first offense, you know, for, for Uso. The last one, the charges did get dropped. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what he blew though, but I, I know he said other offenses and my thought process here is at what point does WWE step in? Well, um, you know, I think the, that's the difference between his last offense and this one. And I don't want to make light of either one of them because both are, are extremely serious and should never be joked about, but, he definitely wasn't at a point two oh five the last time because he was smart enough, number one, not to blow. Uh, number two, he was smart enough to ask for his attorney over and over and over, which was the technicality that he got off on. This time, he just outright said, yeah, I've been drinking. Um, stumbled back to the cop car and just basically agreed to everything that they wanted to do with him. Um, from the field sobriety test, which you can legally decline, Obviously, you do go to jail and you do get charged. However, they can't pin certain things on you. Um, you know, if you don't blow and you don't and you refuse the field sobriety test, they do take your license for six months, but they can't prove that you technically were under the influence. Um, at least that's the way the law works down here in Florida. Um, you know, and he did get he did get arrested here in Pensacola, Florida. So the laws are, are the same, the ones that I was just mentioning, they are the same uh, here in Orlando as they are in Pensacola. So um, he, he, he obviously, that night that he got himself in trouble, um, was in really, really bad shape. Um, you know, I hope he gets the help that he needs. I hope he, he realizes that everybody can have a good time. Uh, there's nothing wrong with having a good time, but actually making sure that um, you're making the right choices and doing the right things. Uh, because not only could he hurt himself, he could hurt other people. Um, and that's certainly something that we don't want to see. We see too many uh, losses in professional wrestling way too early. And uh, we definitely don't want to lose 
um, another one of our, our favorites and another one of our family members and another one of our brothers. So I hope that he takes that to heart and, and, and you know, makes better choices in life. No one's saying that, you know, anybody has to necessarily stop drinking if you don't want to, but you do need to make better choices in life. Yeah. And, you know, celebrity status or, or not, you know, there's Lyft, there's Uber, uh, friends or family. I'm sure there's probably somebody he could have called if it was, you know, that dire of a need to go home type deal. Um, and unfortunately, uh, Naomi has been taking some of the backlash from fans on Twitter. Um, I, I've, I've seen other wrestlers, uh, especially like Selena Vega, tweet at Naomi, uh, you, you know, hoping the best for her and things like that. Uh, why fans are going at Naomi over it, I don't understand the logic or the reasoning, but I would say she has nothing to do with this. This was uh, straight up uh, Jimmy's ordeal. Um, Rob, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it, it makes absolutely no sense. And, you know, you're always going to have some keyboard warriors um, that are going to jump on Twitter and say just the most asinine things. And this in this situation, that was one of them. She wasn't even with them. She has no she had no uh, part in any of this. Um, you know, she's she's married to 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 Jimmy. Um, I'm married myself. But listen, my actions are my actions. And and, you know, my wife should not be held accountable for for my actions. So or I hers, you know, she went out and got drunk and got a DUI or, or anything like that. Um, you know, people shouldn't uh, hold that against me necessarily. Um, so, I, I, you know, I think it just this week, this week, you know, not only were there were there were keyboard warriors, if you will, um, trying to attack Naomi and Naomi. I wouldn't pay attention to it because they're just that keyboard warriors who are just trying to, they're trying to get a rise out of you. And, and apparently, you know, the one or two idiots that did that did get that rise out of you. So shame on them for being able to do that. Um, but we also saw, if you watched AEW this week, or you saw uh, some of the clips while Jericho and, and MJF were, were doing their debate in the ring and their contract signing, another genius uh, or brain surgeon or lack thereof uh, down here in, in Miami, there must be something in the water here in Florida. Um, he decided to try and jump the ring. And not only did he get his head handed to him by security, but while MJF and the camera was filming MJF, if you see some of the clips that are out there, Chris gave him a good old hockey shot right in the head. Um, and, and literally you could see the guy fall from the, he's on the ring apron and he not only falls down the from the ring but he also falls another six feet off the the platform that the ring is on that the wrestlers walk down onto the concrete so he took he took quite a dump so there must be something in the water here in florida and thank god i don't drink that much water uh because i would hate to think what would happen with me well apparently that fan actually tweeted <laughs> yes at Jim Cornette, Chris Jericho and AEW that uh, he hoped Cornette liked his AEW debut. He did it for him and he did it for all the old school wrestling fans. <laughs> and uh, Jericho commented on it, which I believe is what caught the eye of Cornette. <clears throat> and Cornette tweeted back at the kid telling him, you know, calling them names, then blocking them. Uh, it, that was rather interesting. You haven't seen fans do something like that in a while, but at an AEW show and being a Jim Cornette fan, you're really like outnumbered on that one. And for the first time, Jim, we had, we had rapture, Jim Cornette and Chris Jericho they agreed. agreed on something. Mind blowing. It took, you know what? It, it took this crazy fan 
to bring two opposites together. Maybe somebody else should jump the ring next week. I don't know what, what might happen. I, I, you know, maybe Vince McMahon will show up and kiss Tony Khan. I don't know. Well, the plot thickens. It does. It does indeed. Reba, Reba Hardy actually commented on Jim Cornette's tweet <laughs> saying that he's the reason why, you know, they have fans like that doing stupid stuff like that. And I'm only going to reference the end of the tweet because it's the nicest part. <laughs> and he writes, this isn't the, an, an exact quote, but this is like damn near close. I'm sure you hear this a lot, but who the fuck asked you anyway? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, not to, to contradict, uh, Rebbe, but um, fans have been attacking and trying to jump the ring and hit wrestlers and stab wrestlers uh, long before Tony Khan, AEW, and half the wrestlers, three quarters of the wrestlers in AEW were even a pipe dream. Um, you know, just ask Roddy Piper, who got stabbed three times trying to walk to the ring. Ask Greg the Hammer Valentine. Ask Ric Flair. I can tell you firsthand. When we did, when we started doing shows, um, you know, in conjunction with the WWE down in South Carolina, when we went to one of the buildings that that NWA actually used to um, do shows in, the gentleman that was responsible for the building told me, you know, when when he started seeing the layout and seeing some of the guys coming in, he said, you know, someone these fans down here, they think this is real. They may try and jump the guardrail. And they actually had to call in South Carolina troopers because they were that scared that people were going to jump the guardrail. And believe it or not, someone actually did try doing that in the, in the road dog, Jeff Jarrett main event match. Um, so it, 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 it did, you know, fans, fans are going to be fans. Um, so long before this, this genius decided to try and jump the guardrail at, at AEW, this has been going on for a long, long time. Eddie Guerrero, RVD ladder match, WWE Raw, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, multiple times in WCW. Um, the night, the night that the, the night the NWO was formed. Yes. That the guy night. slid under the bottom of the ring and Nash stomped him. There was also... I, I believe that's the, the the one I'm thinking of where they have the uh, the ring is like surrounded by water type deal because there was another there was an incident of that uh, another time an early creation where the kid got stomped on uh, time with Macho Man Randy Savage in the NWO and uh, I believe it was the referee that took the kid down uh, the, I believe DDP and Scott Hall had an issue with a fan so I mean. Earl Hebner beat the hell out of somebody in WWE once at a house show. That was um, not the one I'm thinking of, but Stone Cold, Triple H, house show, like 1996, 97. Yep. You know, so I mean, and, and I believe Stone Cold actually talked about that one, uh, citing that Triple H didn't even see the guy, didn't even know he was in the ring type deal. Yep. Yeah, it's been going on for a while. There's, you know, but now that we've yeah. gone down another rabbit hole, <laughs> <laughs> we knew we were going to do it, but they're interesting though. Like we, we just spewed off like a bunch of random, interesting facts that fans probably didn't know or remembered like things happening. So, well, uh, and it's, and it's at Lee Walker, Rebby, when you want to tell him to go fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think I've been getting enough heat over the uh, explanation of dirt sheet pay <laughs> and how low it is because I've been ranting and raving on Facebook posts now. Like, just so you know, every every writer that you're sharing this article got paid like nothing, and their main need and their their name means nothing because the editor keeps all the good interviews that WWE sends over from themselves. That's why they have. 80,000 followers on Twitter like Sean Ross Sapp who saves all the interviews for himself, you dirty pig hog motherfucker. 
anyway. Wow, we're going down a rabbit hole early. And I was actually just simply going to say Matt Hardy knows that him and I have been friends a long time and I love Matt Hardy. At least if Rebby tweets at you, she's a hell of a lot more gorgeous than Freddie Prince Jr. who was coming after me. So, you know, at least you got that going in your favor. I mean, we did try to get Freddie Prince Jr., but he didn't. He he thought we didn't know who he was, which was hilarious. <laughs> so after when I I, so after I basically had to to tweet, uh, yeah, I know what you did last summer and shit like that at him, like making puns of all the movies he's. <laughs> and then someone actually like followed Till, like after I stopped, someone picked it up and and kept going with it, which was hilarious, but. Uh, Sorry, Freddie. Well, for the fans that are following along, I did I did uh, try and request a virtual autograph from Freddie, uh, personalized to me, uh, telling and with a with a message that says I'm cuter than Stephanie. Um, he did promptly return my money, um, so I uh, unfortunately won't be getting that autograph at the GalaxyCon coming up. Sorry, Freddie, you should have signed it, man. Take the sixty bucks. Come on. God, when did you ever hear of a, a talent turning down money? Yeah, Virgil needs to start training Freddie on how to do autographs. Yeah. First off, you sit in an empty parking lot all day. <laughs> <laughs> and you charge Hulk Hogan's daughter $20 for that picture she wanted with you. Mm, training you need. <laughs> <laughs> all right, back on track. Back on all track. Right. All right, back on track. Uh, we left off with AEW, but let's actually backtrack back to Monday Night Raw. Uh, good show. Unfortunately, the ratings don't reflect. Uh, last week, the, the ratings were a 1.5 something. This week, they have fallen even lower to a 1.4, citing it being the lowest ratings of all time for the show even citing since 1993, um, which if you know how the ratings work, it's basically one TV per household, you know, and they, they, you know, that's how they count it. And they had 1.4. Rob, what do you think? Well, you know, I, I, I thought they had a decent show. Um, You know, if we want to go down the ratings rabbit hole, it's like I told you earlier, uh, before we we went on the air, um, you know, for fans that are trying to figure out this whole ratings thing, the ratings nowadays, now that we have DVRs and things of that nature, it's sort of like a presidential election. You have your election on a Tuesday and everyone goes and votes in person. That's sort of like watching Monday Night Raw live at eight o'clock to 11 o'clock. Then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they call it the plus three. Those are the mail-in votes, if you will. As long as you watch your DVR within the next three days of that program, the cable companies are able to pick that up, and that gets added later on to the ratings. So this 1.4, if you go back, like you were mentioning, Lee, you had taken a look, and they had technically lower numbers back in 93, 94, um, but that was when you only had one night to capture that rating. So what that tells me is Monday night, there probably were a lot less than a million people watching Monday Night Raw, which is extremely scary. If there's less than a million people watching Monday Night Raw live, that is extremely scary because now advertisers are getting involved. Because the one thing that advertisers care about is the live number. They don't care about the total number because when you have it on DVR, you fast forward through the commercials. So uh, they they the advertisers are looking at that live number and that's uh, ooh, that's going to be bad yeah and you know when it, when it comes to all of this i don't know how much like people illegally streaming like you know searching the internet and like reddit and stuff to find a stream to watch it is affecting it but when you look across the board, I'm just going to shoot these numbers off real quick. NXT was the only show that went up. Uh, they went back up because they had the Great American Bash. They were hovering around 
they they gained like a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, somewhere in there. Uh, AEW their ratings dipped a little bit. Impact from Access TV alone, uh, the prior week was a hundred and twenty four thousand, and they dropped to only sixty nine thousand people that watched on Access, watched it live on television. They only get about thirty five to four thousand watching on twitch uh so wrestling overall saw every show basically go down i don't know what the ratings are for smackdown i'm sorry i don't have those numbers i just remember all the numbers from every show and everybody but nxt took a dive and nxt only took a dive you know nxt did not was the only one that thrived because they did the great american bash pay-per-view themed AEW tried doing the same thing, but it uh, didn't work. But what AEW had that was uh, spectacular was Andrade wrestled. And we saw, we'll save that. But what we saw was something interesting, as you brought up with Chris Jericho and the MJF thing, uh, when he came out and the, the, the fan jumped. Did you notice when MJF was talking Jericho kind of counting. Mm-hmm. Jericho was letting MJF know how much time he had left. And he was going through nonverbal communications, but it was just too obvious for fans. And, and we, we caught on quick. Yeah. Well, that's the difference between a veteran, um, you know, and Chris is uh, phenomenal. Um, but, you got a coach on a, in a live environment. And if that's the only way he can give him the Iggy, then that's the way he's got to give him the Iggy. And the camera crew should not be shooting Chris Jericho doing that. They shouldn't be taping him. They should be filming MJF yelling at him the whole time. And whatever Chris wants to say across the table, if he wants to go like this, or if he wants to go like this or whatever he wants to do, the cameras should be smart enough, and Craig Leathers, who is who is a veteran in in taping these shows, should should be smart enough to have his camera guys not shooting Chris Jericho when when MJF is doing the talking. Yeah, I gotta agree because uh, it just looked bad. You know, you, you, I mean, Jericho was making faces and stuff too, which I'm sure wasn't helping them. Why they probably chose to pick Jericho instead of going towards MJF, but the, uh, the camera angle did not help that at all. Uh, unfortunately, raw was a great product. It this week, it just, the ratings fell flat for whatever reason. Uh, we also learned that after this Friday, there was no more Thunderdome. They started taking it down on Saturday. We're getting live fans back. How can you not be excited for that? I'm pumped up and I'm, I'm very curious to see how the live fans react to the planted WWE stories that they've been able to, to achieve in this Thunderdome. Um, I've said it a million times. I love Roman Reigns. I love the character he portrays now. I hope the fans now that they've seen the heel in Roman Reigns continue that. And don't crap on it, um, you know. And 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 that goes for a lot of other guys too. One thing I I'm very interested to see is Monday night when we go live, and we see Baron Corbin versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the 15th time in 15th week. Are the fans gonna chant? We just saw this, or or you know, are they you know? I, I, I don't know what else, you know, the, the fans are creative and that's why they're not going to Philadelphia for the first show. Um, you know, they're going to go out to Texas and things like that, but God, man, almighty 15 times in a row. All right. Shinsuke won the crown already. It's over. Yeah. I, uh, it is what it is. WWE is going to do WWE things. But what I find interesting is 
if you've been in the Thunderdome, you know how the Thunderdome works. You know that the sounds that you're hearing on TV are planted by the producers of the show. Uh, when you're in Thunderdome, having been on 12 different times, taking Hasbro figures up and putting it in my face, getting yelled at, saying, put the figure <laughs> down or we're kicking you off. I was not a fan of them telling you who to cheer for, who to boo for. Yes, absolutely. Like, and, and there were times I would literally, like, while on air being like, no, I like that guy. <laughs> I was doing that too. I you did know? that too. They're like, they're, they're telling you like, right, like right when Bailey had her change, I liked the change. Cause I got like everybody else. You got sick of the huggy and the, the, the big the floaty things. Floaty yeah. Things. You know? So when, you know, she had her gimmick change and all of a sudden she's coming out as a heel and they're like, all right, everybody boo. And I'm like, no, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Give me booze. Give me booze. You know? And, but you know, they can move you at any time. And if you didn't do what they wanted, you got pushed to the back. So I found that if you listened, you were recognized yep. and seen quite a bit. So like eventually you want to, you know, you want to be seen. So you just go along with what they're, what they tell you to do. And you're just like, Oh, okay. You know, um, you weren't allowed to, to drink alcohol. I wrote an article about this on uh, sportskita.com. Um, you know, helpful tips and stuff like that. You couldn't drink alcohol. You couldn't, you had to stay within this little silhouette. You couldn't move if you're, you have to have a microphone plugged in or some sort of headset plugged in for, for noise, which made no sense because they, they piped it in anyways. They, they didn't use your noise anyway. So like, if you didn't know that you needed a microphone, which they did not explain, you know, at first you had to have a microphone. Cause I found that if my microphone wasn't plugged in, I wouldn't get none. Yeah. No matter how many times I hit, I hit the button and they told you don't hit refresh. You'll get logged out and you can't get back in. That's a load of crock. I must've hit refresh 2000 times. Me too. Once I realized I could do it. Yep. <clears throat> and then the, they had the call times. You remember the call times with it? Oh yeah. But what I realized was if you just did the call time at like five in the afternoon, then the silhouette stayed on the screen and you could just go and do whatever chores you wanted to do, whatever you had to do, go make yourself dinner or something, come back seven 30. And, and the thing then set itself, but you know, they, one time they gave me a call time at nine 30. Well, shit, if they ain't got the whole thing packed by nine 30, you know, then, then something's wrong. Yeah. I mean, I got, I had call times of nine 32 for like SmackDown. I'm like why the show ends at 10. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, what's it gonna do? So I always I always jumped in early. I was always popping like a Hasbro figure, like its face, like <laughs> and I, I would sit there like this and then like <laughs> put it in closer and closer. So like it took up the whole screen. And you know, and then you'd hear a producer being like, Whoever has the action figures, you need to stop or you're getting booted. You know, and I was just like, all right, I don't want to get booted. Then I would do it the next week, you know, or I would do it like when they'd be like, all right, we're about to show the fans. Let's see those happy faces. Let's see a cheer. And then I'd be like, Hasbro figure, <laughs> like just waiting for it. I took a bunch of screenshots on my end uh, doing it. It was really, really interesting and interesting to see how they acted and reacted to it. Uh, I never got booted once though, um, except for like the last time. And then I thought I was like banned because every time I tried to sign up, I never got the emails again. So I was just <laughs> like, okay, I, I guess I did it enough times, but oh man. But this Thunder will be interesting. Yeah. Thunderdome, we will miss you uh, is painstakingly miserable it was trying to log on sometimes it was still really cool to see yourself on raw or smackdown nxt a pay-per-view really innovative and it was a great idea for wwe yeah it had its flaws but at a time where you could have watched empty arena wrestling or have the thunderdome 
I'd take the Thunderdome over nothing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the empty arena wrestling, you know, and you go back to WrestleMania, not this year's, but the year before when they did it in, in the performance center, um, as well as if you watch a lot of the impact wrestling shows that they, that they did before fans were, were in attendance an empty arena takes so much with with no sound effects or anything takes a whole lot away from everything it really does and while the crowd noise and everything may have been pumped in with the thunderdome i'll take the thunderdome with you all the time over over no fans um you know i'll take 500 live fans before i would take an empty arena um because sometimes those 500 to 1000 fans can make it sound like there's 40,000 in a in a small enough area so you know, I'll take I'll take any kind of noise that I can get um, over nothing and silence. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and uh, speaking of the Thunderdome, if you go back and watch several of the of the I want to say mostly it was Monday night, but I saw her several times on Fridays. Um, dead center of the of your screen, there was always a hot blonde and it was the same girl every single week. Dead center. She almost looked like Maurice, but it couldn't be Maurice because, like I said, sometimes she was on SmackDown, sometimes she was on Raw. Um, but, man, whoever she knew to get on dead center every single week or almost every single week uh, for the majority of the show, hats off to her, wh whoever you are. Well, it's actually interesting that you bring that up because I got a buddy in my um, Facebook Messenger who was messaging me. He was part of the last Raw Thunderdome. And he said that WWE had just kept inviting him every week because he was on so much. So he was on every Monday night. So it must have gotten to a point where WWE just knew who was logging in the most type deal and just started inviting them instead of, you know doing the email thing yeah well that makes sense so like i said she's been on there uh so many times it's 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 ridiculous and she's always dead center you know i know they they shift the different pictures in the thunderdome and things like that but this girl was always dead center you know if the if the boys were in the center of the ring you could see just over her shoulder you could see just over their shoulder the blonde hair and everything like i said for the longest time i thought it was maurice um because this girl looked just like maurice but then she would show up on smackdown she would show up on the pay-per-views um so and i'm and i'm sure maurice had better things to do with her time than watch raw smackdown in a pay-per-view wwe i just want to let you know that if you actually go back and watch all of those Thunderdomes, and you find famous people to do like a, a collage of, of the Thunderdome, and you find Hasbro's, include them, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I can be like, they can be like, hey, look, Demolition Axe showed up. <laughs> hey, look, there's Hulk Hogan. What? <laughs> Ultimate warrior from the grave. No way. <laughs> like I, I do it every time I was on, but like every time I was on, it wasn't just one Hasbro. I would like swap in and out. I did like 20 of them. Well, they were swapping guests in and out. So why not swap Hasbro's in and out? That's what I, I like I said, I like uh, big boss, man, the British bulldog, Bret Hart, the Mountie Axe, the undertaker, Mr. Perfect. Ultimate Warrior, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, The Berserker, Andre the Giant. I mean, that's just to name a few that I remember off the top of my head that I put in. <laughs> I had fun with it. I was like, well, oh, Ric Flair made it. So there, there's another. I had fun with it. I thought it was great. It was a good experience. I mean, my face was on there too. Like after like, they'd be like, all right, we're going to block you. And I'd put it down and I'd be like. <laughs> You know, or like if you're like on TV, they'd be like, okay, you know, they'd, they'd let you know when you're taking a break and you only got like, it's like, all right, 15 second break. And you're like, shit, where's my drink? And then like, you don't want them to see. So like you're huddled <laughs> down, trying to like pound it down because you're not allowed to have alcohol on. And of course, you're too lazy to put it in a cup. So you're like trying to chug the beer while 
you got 15 seconds. It, it's a heck of a game. I found the I found the rule of no alcohol while being in the Thunderdome, especially during Monday Night Raw, to be most ironic because I think you need to be either drunk, high, or um, you know, dropped on your head to be able to sit through three hours of of a lot of their shows. I'll tell you what, I ducked down quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Them three minute breaks were the best because you could get like two beers in or like if i was like um you know that'd be for like friday smackdown because I, I i wouldn't like do any drinking during the week type deal but if, on a friday and i got on yeah I'd, I'd have a beer or two but <laughs> you'd have to pound it monday i was definitely smoking herb and it'd be like duck down but then you'd see like a puff of smoke <laughs> and i come up like i'm ready <laughs> Well, at least the Godfather was happy. You know, it was like it was like when the brood would come up from the stage, <laughs> or like or like mysterious old Budica, Budica, six one nine, and he pops up from the <laughs> from the stage. I'd be like, I'd pop my head out, and I'd be like, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> "What do we got over here?" You, you know, night raw. <laughs> you know these guys these guys are sitting there in the truck wherever they're they're doing this and they're going man we got some special people that are in this thunderdome uh, <laughs> uh, could you imagine some of the things that they caught people doing on there i mean they did a they were after the first couple of weeks they started really screening that stuff like really well I mean, oh, I remember the people were putting like the heads, like the fat heads, but they were putting like people that shouldn't be on there, like Donald Trump and, and, uh, you know, some, just like, KKK outfit was on. Yes. The KKK guy made it several times. Yes. Uh, someone said Hitler made it. <laughs> like what? Yeah, they were putting a lot of, uh, yeah, I don't know how they, <laughs> and, you know, you, you often think if, if these people that got this creative to hijack the Thunderdome, if they put half, just a, a, just a small ounce of that creativity into their daily lives, what a country we would have. What a country we would have. Instead of hating each other, we could be doing a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just you know in closing I, I, I would like to know what possessed you to put the KKK and Hitler watching Monday Night I mean of all the different characters that you could put as a face in the Thunderdome I, I, I know it's shocking you know you're sitting there watching Monday Night Raw and you're like is that guy really wearing a hood what the fuck but wow I tried wearing I tried wearing a Rey Mysterio mask. I got in trouble for that, and I was kind of shocked since he's on the product. But wow, they didn't want. To, well, I guess you know the whole mask thing after the after the, the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, that yeah, that probably wouldn't be good. I mean, it's clear as day that it's Rey Mysterio. It's it's a, just this big gold freaking. It, it ties up in the back and everything straight. Oh up. yeah, you could yeah you could clearly tell it's Rey. I'm I'm clearly Ray Mysterio. I just the things are like the the eagles or hawks or whatever these are actually touch, but on the, my the, other masks they don't. The white of the Mysterio portion of the mask though uh, could throw the guys in the truck off. You know, oh shit, we see white with holes in it. <laughs> Cut them! Cut them! We see white with holes in it. Oh man, but. Yeah, so long, Thunderdome. It's been fun. It's been real. Uh, and welcome back, fans. Welcome back, WWE Universe. It is now your time to destroy Monday Night Raw. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to be real interested to see how the, the live fans react to the story, the storylines. It's I don't think it's going to be as perceived as WWE thinks it's going to be. I think there's certain storylines out there. They're going to shit all over Alexa bliss. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. They're going to shit all over that. Yeah. That's going to be bad. Yep. I think if they give you Shinsuke uh, Baron Corbin, 
as a match, they're going to crap on it. I think if, it, you know, but I, on the flip side, I think the fans are going to love Roman Reigns. Not love in the, in the, in the sense that they're going to cheer him, but I think they're going to embrace the healness of Roman Reigns. They're I think finally- they're going to, they're going to shit on Otis. Oh God, that whole thing. Yeah. They're going to hate that. Um, Eva Marie. Oh, she's going to get booed like crazy. <laughs> I know you like her, but man, they're, the writers knew exactly what to do with her to get that heel heat. Oh yeah. And it was literally have her portray how she was before this. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I may like Eva Marie, but I like Eva Marie when, when the TV's muted. The little that I've seen of her in the ring. I hope they have a good reason why they brought her back. Because it's not for the in-ring skill, I can tell you that. It didn't look like it to me. Damn. She's kicking this girl in the corner. And, like, she, you can tell she's, like, barely putting any effort into it. I'm like, and, you know, and she's only doing, like, 10 seconds in the ring. Enough to, like, say, okay, I was in the ring and then get right back out. And I, like, I sat there because uh, there was a moment where Shayna literally had to go to Eva Marie and pull her off the ring apron to go to the other side of the ring apron. Cause she wasn't standing where she was supposed to be for the next spot to happen. <laughs> and I was like, I hope they have a good reason to bring her back because they let go of a lot of great female talent. And then she was the first one that they brought in. Time will tell. Not a fan of that one. Not a fan. But then again, I'm not a fan of Seth Rollins either. So that's either, neither here nor there. AEW. Saw some interesting things as we've already talked about. But we saw something we were not expecting. Dirt sheets didn't have any wind of it. However, for those of you that have been listening and watching Perched on the Top Rope, we knew it was happening. We called it. Matter of fact, if you go on to YouTube, perched on the top rope, you can watch the video to which we predict it. It's amazing. It's like we were part of the business at one point. It's almost like I knew something somewhere. Call us the formers. We're the real tag team champs. One of, well, a good friend of mine once said, there's a lot more than hops and barley up here. Trust me. And there's a lot more of the green stuff that grows in the ground in mine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Rob, we saw what we thought was the debut, formerly known as Alistair Black, now formerly known as Tommy End, refers to himself now as Malachi Black as he kicked Arn Anderson kicked Cody Rhodes in the head but what I liked even more about this was did you notice that his eye had that discolorization and the skin and everything like that and the contact and the contact if you noticed it was something very similar to WWE when Buddy Murphy took out Alistair's eye in the corner of the uh, steel stairs there, Buddy Murphy had tweeted at Black telling him, don't forget about me. When we saw Black debut, he didn't forget about Murphy. <laughs> the first of two subtle hints this week in wrestling. Uh, there was also another hint I, 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 I had picked up on, and this one's going to interest you. Malachi in Hebrew. Oh, fuck. What does it mean? I forgot already. I can't believe I forgot it. Just as I'm about to say it, I freaking forgot. This is hilarious.
I think Malachi in Hebrew means uh, I, I, my wife signed for more money to go back to a company she shit on. <laughs> Which we were right about that too, by the way. Yes. Okay. I had to look it up. I apologize. I'm going to have to edit this. Um, Malachi in Hebrew means messenger. Do you know what on Andrade's theme music is called? Messenger. It's Kill the Messenger. Uh-oh. Along those lines. See, I'm, I'm already put, like, I'm already tying stuff in together here. I'm expecting those two are going to feud because the other thing I noticed, Black was dressed in a nice black, black pants, dress pants. The, and Andrade the had the Yankees looking white pinstripe suit. And he had that pinstripe suit with the black, like, skull like helmet on. Mm hmm. I'm tying some stuff in together, man. I'm, they're going to be feuding, and I think it's going to be crazy. Uh, however, the biggest shock that comes out of this, what happened to the 90 days? What happened to the 90-day no-compete clause here? To quote uh, a former WWE wrestler, it's not my fault. So somebody apparently... NXT has 30-day no-compete clauses, but when you go up to the big dance, it's a 90-day. And when they brought poor little Alistair up to the big dance, they just kept rocking and rolling and forgot to have him sign the new paperwork, a la WCW back in the day. And so our good friend Malachi found a loophole. In the end, though, whether it's 30 days, 90 days, 45 days, 180 days, I don't know why we have to have these. If, if Vince doesn't really view AEW as competition, and Vince also is smart enough to realize that AEW can't sign everybody, what is the sense of the 90 days? There's no purpose to it. Because whether it was 30 days and Alistair Black appears or we wait the 90 days and Alistair Black appears, Alistair Black was going to AEW. I have a theory on this, actually. We've always known WWE to uh, hog talent. Mm-hmm. Now, we've, we've known that for a long time, but we, what we've also seen is when they hog the talent whether they think you're top or at the bottom, that 90-day, to me, in theory, is if you had any steam... They try and kill it. Yeah. They try and kill it. And Alistair was one of those ones when he was released, and we talked about this, that it didn't make sense. You just brought him back on TV. Literally two days before you let him go, he just clocked your intercontinental champion right upside the head. And then he's let go. All the steam was taken off him. If you didn't put him on TV and would have released him, fans, I don't think it would have been with the 90 day, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal at that point. Mm-hmm. But that 30-day, seeing how we had just seen him on TV, and as soon as he was released, he went right to Twitch and started telling everything. Dirt Sheets loved it. The only thing he didn't talk about was it was only 30 days. He didn't talk about that. But he talked about certain things that he had planned and, you know, coming up for his character and this and that. And then the night he debuts on AEW, see, we all thought he had a 90-day. He had come out with this, like, trailer, this, like, teaser trailer of, of this new character. <clears throat> it got everybody hyped. It did its job. It did its purpose. Because when we saw him on TV, I marked out. I went nuts. Literally, Alex called me right away, screaming in the phone, He's back! He's back! And I'm like, I'm screaming back, I know, I know, oh my god, 
it was really cool. It was great to see. I'm glad he had the 30 days and not the 90 days because the effect might have been different. It might not have been the same. You know, that, that 90 days, that extra 60 days does make a difference. It makes a big difference. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll pose this to you. Um, if Lana had 30 days and not 90, does it mean anything that she shows up on AEW when we all know she's going there? Whether she goes in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, 120 days, she's going to show up. Does it matter? No, because in hindsight, it's going to sound bad to say, and I, I apologize to her. But in hindsight, unless it was you're hearing it's Rusev Day, or Rusev Crush. No one cares because while she might have been putting in the effort. Well, let me ask you this. All right. Samoa Joe hasn't wrestled in how long? They cut him too. They cut him too. But he was going to have juice whether he had a 30, 60, 90, uh, six months, a year. It wasn't going to matter. Samoa Joe shows up somewhere. It's going to make a difference. And I... And I think nowadays when we do these, when they do these mega releases, okay, fans are now just eager to see where they're going to show up next. So, you know, (laughs) they're going to go somewhere. Now it's just the countdown clock. If anything, I applaud WWE for, for screwing this up and doing something special for the fans. Um, Because, the 90 day thing, if you can, if you can close your eyes for a moment, everyone, and picture the old Chris Jericho uh, thing when he first signed with WWE and it was the new millennium, it was the Y2J and that wah, 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 and the countdown clock was going. For all the wrestling fans, when WWE does this mega release, okay, where they've released 30 people. That that 90 day clause, that 90 day no no compete is now ticking down and that is now coming in all the wrestling fans heads going, okay, uh, it's coming. It's coming on Thursday. And and that means uh, Tuesday he could be here or Wednesday he could be in AEW or Thursday he could be an impact. Oh, I got to watch this week because the clock is up and the mad rush to just jam everybody on TV is going to come that missing of the, of the missing of the clause gave you that Holy shit moment because no one was expecting it because everybody thought he was under a 90 day clause. Yeah. And the thing is about it, the 90 days, someone like black, I don't think it would really hurt someone like Andrade. I don't think it would really hurt. It hurts the guys like Tucker. It hurts the guys like Mojo Raleigh. They're the ones that have already had a lackluster career because of the company. Because for Tucker, WWE saw Otis as a singles competitor. While he's funny like a Santino Morella. That's really all I see. I see him as a tag team guy. He's and so does the ninety day does the ninety day no compete clause do anything for Tucker? I mean, if you if you if you release Tucker, you know, like they did, you release him today. If he goes out tomorrow and signs with anybody, pick a company, any company from AEW on down, is everybody going? Oh my God, it's Tucker! You know, or or. It's, you know, there's only going to be a handful of those, those wrestlers that are going to have that, you know, shocking moment. And for the first time in 30 something years, Aleister Black or Malachi uh, showing up on AEW last Wednesday gave you that Lex Luger showing up in the Mall of America, gave you that Rick Rude showing up on both televisions when Nitro was live and Raw was taped and he walked out on them. 
you know, it gives you that before the dirt sheets, and I don't want to get you off on a tangent, but before the dirt sheets really existed, had Scott Hall walk through a crowd and say on Nitro, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here and give the world the impression that we were invading. So it, ga- it finally gave fans that, oh, shit moment. And, and I applaud it. And I, I, you know, if I was WWE and I was AEW, secretly somewhere, I'd pick up the phone and say, what can we do? Why don't you release the, these 90 days so we could do something special for, for the fans? Because at the end of the day, it's all about the fans. But I know neither side will, will do that. Yeah, unfortunately, we're, we're not going to get that kind of uh, relationship. It's not like Cornette and, and, and Jericho. That might have been a one-time thing, but yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm happy for that at least. One time, one time only. That's it. Once every thirty years, isn't that like Haley's comet? Yeah, something like that. See, you got it twice in one week. Cornette and and Jericho came together, and WWE <coughs> screwed up Al, uh, Alistair Black's contract. Yeah, I, I am interested to know and, and happy to say this, especially because like some of the names. <coughs> brought up and and how that are they gonna have that it factor uh there's a little birdie whispering ring of honor has been doing a lot of talking to a lot of those released from wwe now you might be shocked to know that guys who were released earlier last year like ec3 and stuff like that ec3 is with ring of honor now Mm -hmm. the little thing in impact he's with ring of honor i think some of those names fans if you go to our youtube channel perched on the top rope uh you can uh click on part one part two of our where are they going it's a little game we played with all you know for those who were released we thought they were going to the indies Ring of Honor, MLW, we counted those in the indies a little bit. AW, Impact, New Japan, things like that. I think some of those recently released talents, primarily part of 205 Live, would really benefit being in Ring of Honor. I'm I'm sure Ring of Honor is talking to a bunch of names, but you know, I saw some of the names that I thought of were like, you know, Tony Nese. You know, it'd be perfect. It'd be perfect for Ring of Honor. But only time will tell. That, that it will. We're going to have to wait to see uh, when and where all these people, uh, you know, or even who Ring of Honor gets. <clears throat> After all, they're not the only ones who are probably talking to all these uh, wrestlers that have been released. You know, um, MLW just had a battle riot this past weekend, and I was informed that they had three people new debut in MLW. Uh, names were not given. I just know that they have they had three new people. Uh, once we find out those names, I'll try and include it on the show. If I can't in the description, then uh, be looking on our Facebook perched on the top rope. Rob, who would you like to see at least out of you know the the lower names? Who do you think Ring of Honor is going to pick up? Um, you know, I, I, I felt that a lot of the, the 205 guys would fit in perfectly there. Um, you know, and I, and I, I wanted to see, I wanted to say that, that before obviously Malachi, uh, showed up in AEW, even though, you know, that was part of, of Alex's and my, um, game when we were playing, where are they going to go? Um, I felt Buddy Murphy was initially going to go to, to TNA. I feel now um, he may go to, obviously, AEW, um, which would further a storyline even more. So that brings even more different avenues you could go down. But uh, Buddy Murphy would be great in Ring of Honor. 
Yeah, I agree. And uh, there, there's been some recent photos of him in the gym. He's jacked. Yeah. yeah. He's fired up. He's ready for something big. He's him, and 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 uh, he's on the uh, he's on the uh, Drew McIntyre Jinder Mahal uh, soft drinks. Huh. They have a new they have a new soft drink that's out that uh, it's called Release a Jack. Um, you get released, you drink this stuff for about six months, and then all of a sudden you're just like. Whoa. It's it's crazy. It's 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 really crazy stuff. Uh, I'm trying to get my hands on it, but with all the crazy water we got going on down here in Florida, um, I haven't been able to get my hands on it. But rest assured, these arms are going to get release a jack sooner or later. Um, Guys, if you're watching this, I can text you my address, send some down. Um, you know, let's put the band back together. I don't mind losing my neck. You know, we can we can we can work the whole thing out. I don't think this will be anything you find at GNC and or bodybuilding.com, but when we find out where you can get that, we will let you know. Mexico. <laughs> <coughs> no doctor prescription needed. <laughs> Yet our second sponsor of the night. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just on our roll tonight with it. Mowing we? through them. Uh, once, once the once the country opens back up, people are going to be taking cruise ships to Cancun. Rest assured, there is there is you know when you do take a cruise ship, when you go to Cancun, there is a pharmacy. Literally, when you dock the cruise ship, you get out to go in there. It says pharmacy. They would sell it. They were selling Viagra's for like twenty five cents. So this release of Jack drinks got to be easily a buck. That's not bad. Nah, I know. I mean. A- water bottle full of release of jack i mean i'm ready i'm feeling two liters i'm ready i am i am pumped up i am excited i may run through a brick wall after one of those drinks maybe two two drinks you're you're not going to be a glass with a smiley face and go oh yeah oh no 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 i'm going to be like i'm going to be like my friend the ultimate warrior and I'm going to talk about spaceships up above and ripping the plane door off. Thank God I don't fly very much because the airlines would be listening to Perched on the Top Rope right now and saying we are not going to allow him to fly once he drinks Release a Jack. So, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you can find us all over the place on social media. Let's start off with uh, Twitter. Alex isn't here. This is normally his job. Twitter, Perched Top rope instagram perch top rope we are perched on the top rope on facebook we are perched on the top rope on youtube you can find us on tiktok perched on the top rope you can find us anywhere podcasts are from apple spotify stitcher red circle Podbean. perched on the top rope ladies and gentlemen rob are you ready for this three Two, one. Spoiler, Spoiler free is the, the way, way to, be. to be. We're out. We're out. Recording stopped.